Are you not entertained? The sports machine was slim. I'm gonna put myself to the test today on a Wednesday edition here on WKXL Radio. February 21st, just after 10 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in. New Hampshire's Next Generation Sports Talk Radio Show. We try to bring you something a little bit different every day, whether it's a little bit of a story from me on the personal side of things or just some discussion about some of the stuff I do off the air. As we wrapped up the show yesterday, I told everybody I would be dedicating some time last night to watching a college basketball game because I want to inform our listeners here as much as possible as we build up towards March Madness, which everybody gets excited for to fill out their brackets. And yesterday somebody had told me, well, I don't, uh, I haven't been watching really anything. Maybe I'll just go ahead and fill out the brackets like my wife did last year and just pick the names of, of teams that have dogs as mascots. And she won the pool last year. And I said, okay, hey, UConn Huskies, right? They went all the way. I think Gonzaga won some games too last year, didn't they? Whatever the case. Um, I was trying to think of dog <laughs> mascots on the, on the fly there. But anyway, um, I did watch some of this game last night. Unfortunately, not as much as I wanted to. Why? The start time. I realized it last night. It kicked in because we put the two young kids to bed around 7.30. And then I usually make my way downstairs. And by 7.30... If the Bruins or the Celtics are playing, the game is either already started from a 7 o'clock tip or ice puck drop, or they're about to start at 7.30 usually. If it's sometimes 8 o'clock, my wife stays upstairs with the kids a little bit later too, so I can kind of wait around and then put the game on. When she comes down, I'm already watching the game. I'm in the middle of it, so she's respecting my work in process, uh, progress at the time, and she knows I'm going to talk about it on the radio the next day, so she just kind of lets me do her thing. She'll sit there and go through reels or whatever it is on the phone, Instagram stuff. (laughs) So last night, the game starts at 8.30. Well, the downside of this is my wife comes downstairs around 8 o'clock, and I got the TV on, and I'm watching some, I don't know, something political or whatever, but When she comes down, it's like, hey, I control the TV almost every single night, so I offer it to her. Well, before you know it, we're watching Family Feud, and then we're watching The Good Doctor at 10 o'clock, and there was something in between. Well, I'm left to just, during commercials, flip over to UConn and Creighton. I made my promise to you people yesterday as we went off the air, I'd watch some of the game, and I did, and I got some good facts to report back. But unfortunately, not as much detail as I wanted, and my notebook today is pretty much blank. So I have to do all this off the top of my head. It's not as easy as I make it seem. If anybody wants to call in, if you got opinions, if you watched the game last night, or if you got other stuff to talk about, the phone number here, the line is open 603-224-1450. 603-224-1450. If you've been thinking about calling... Today's the day to do it. I could use the help. I'll tell you straight up. If I get no help, that's fine. I'll do it all on my own. Just carry us across the finish line. As Creighton, last night, went across the finish line in front, beating up on UConn. 
to the tune of what was the score here? 85 to 66. 85 to 66. And there's two players. I, I do want to discuss, discuss Creighton. I told everybody here I'd break down one team per day. And my objective today was to break down a little bit of Yukon, but I think it got switched over last night to Creighton, who's the number 15 team in the land. So everybody knows they were, what, 20 and 7, 11 and 5 in the Big East. And I guess we need to break down the Big East as a starting point here. We'll start right with this game. UConn, the number one team in the country, had won something like eight games in a row. They're your national champions from the year before. But as I said yesterday on the show, Jordan Hawkins losing that kid, man, to the NBA, he is just, what a skill set. And when you have somebody you can shoot like that outside, it changes the whole defensive approach for the opposition. And with him gone, and they lost their one of their big guys too, UConn, I just feel, hey, it's more open over here. Well, last night would tell you this result here of the game, 85-66. But the two people I saw in Creighton that I went, oh, wait a second here. I remember these guys because I haven't watched them all year long. Well, the one big, big, big name you're going to remember is, is Ryan Cockbrenner. Cockbrenner is the big man. And he's averaging something like, what did he have last night in the game? 15 points, five rebounds. This dude scores the basketball. He scores uh, you know, consistently. He's, he's putting up over 10 a game. Let's see what he averages here. 17 a game this season. 17 a game for Ryan Cockbrenner. This guy is 7 feet 1 inches tall, 270 pounds. Big man. On the other end of the spectrum, listen to this, what we got. This dude I remembered from last year. As soon as I saw him, I went, wait a second, wait a second. Stephen Ashworth, spelled like the hotel at Hampton Beach, the Ashworth Hotel, where I used to do some serious dancing late night on Friday and Saturday nights. I don't know if that's as uh, hip a spot as it used to be, but this dude, Stephen Ashworth, six feet, one inches tall, 170 pounds. He's a little dude, but I remembered him from last year. He played on that Utah State team. If people remember, they went on a big run in their conference tournament. They ended up losing, was it to San Diego State? Which team was it out west they ended up losing to? I think it was San Diego State who then proceeded to go on a big run in the, in the, the tournament. The big NCAA field of 68 tournament. Well, this Stephen Ashworth, people thought that um, this team, Utah State, was going to come out and do great last year. I picked them. They lost first round. But it wasn't this dude's fault. This Stephen Ashworth guy can play. He's now a senior, and he transferred at the end of last year, apparently. He's playing for Creighton now, averaging 11 points a game, shooting 36% from three. Not too great. Last year, he was shooting 43%. So you look at those numbers. Wait a second. He's taking a step backwards. You go to a new team, not easy. But what I did look at is his stats for the season. They're getting better. And we got four wins in a row for Creighton. Creighton's a good team. I'm just going to tell you. They can win some games in the tournament. I'm not going to predict them to go all the way or anything like this. That's going to be tough to muscle out Tennessee. Uh, And I do think Kentucky and Arizona have chances UNC as well. I'm not going to be on UConn this year. But Creighton has won four in a row. Listen to what my man here 
Stevie Ashworth is doing. Beginning of the season, these are the first four games of the season for him. 17.7 points, 9.6 points. Then keep going, 10 points, 8 points. 17-7. Heck, he scored zero points against Iowa back in November, 0 for 3. So this dude's just working his way in. He played 22 minutes that game where he scored zero points. So he's just working his way in with the team. But now, let's look at what he's done in the last 10 games or so. Let's back it up to UConn the first time they played back January 17th. Creighton lost at UConn 62-48. to They only scored 48 points. Ashworth, 14 points. Then go 11, 12, 17, 26. These are his last five games. 20, 12, 12, 12, and 20. This is starting point guard who's 6 feet, 170 pounds. So you're not looking for Stevie Ashworth to come out and be banging in 25 to 30 points a game. He's just not that fast to be able to get to the hole. If he's putting up 25 to 30 a game, it's because he's getting open threes and knocking them down. Well, come tournament time, you're not going to get those open threes because the dudes you're playing against are faster than him. And trust that because last year when I watched Utah State, I'm like, oh, man, this guy can't. You know, He struggles to get off his own shot. But if you can create for him and get him open, he's going to knock down some threes as he did last night. Five for 13. That's not Tyrese Halliburton in the All-Star game level shooting, but 5 for 13, we'd take that. Knock him down, baby. One game the other week, he was 6 for 7 from 3, 4 for 8, 5 for 9. So he's banging in his fair share of three-pointers. Now, that team, as I said, they're rounding into, into form. You got the big guy, Cockbrenner, in the middle. You got Stephen Ashworth. And then they have a couple other players, too. Creighton is a team to put on your radar. Right now, I think number 15 team in the country, probably move up to 12, 11 after the, you know, that win in the next rankings. Put them on your radar. You're going to want to pick them for a couple rounds come NCAA tournament time. I'm going to talk about UConn a little bit when we come back and preview a big Bruins game tonight here on the Sports Machine with Slim, WKXL Radio, 1450 AM. 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and htalkradio.com. Huskies get taken down. Number one seed. Now 24 and 3 overall, 14 and 2 in conference. Let's talk a little bit more of this here before we transition into the Bruins discussion because I did uh, find out Jordan Hawkins, I remembered that name I said to you yesterday. He played on UConn's championship team last year, was a huge reason why. I mean, he was the best player out there. Skill set, I, I could say all day, unbelievable. I will say the kid is only uh, 21 years old. I call him a kid in a, in a positive manner here, just to say uh, his statistics on ESPN. So you know, six five hundred ninety pounds. So he's roughly my build, and I'm I'm skinny, right? This guy's out there playing. He's number 14 pick in the draft. He's out there playing 20 minutes a game now for New Orleans Pelicans, and. 
just imagine going out playing against these dudes in the NBA who are huge, ton of muscle, and he's walking in 6'5", 190 pounds, 21 years old, and still averaging 10 points a game. And what is it here? 20 minutes a game, 10 points a game. Shooting 83% from the line. From the threes, he's shooting, what, 38% from three-point line. So he's still shooting. This guy is a marksman, and in the years to come, I mean, everybody's going to know who this guy is. So he was, he's removed from Connecticut's team because he went to the NBA. And now UConn's coming back, and they're the number one seed. People probably looking at them like, hey, can they repeat this and that? Can they? Yeah. Are they going to? I doubt it. You take that guy off the team. It just, your road becomes a lot more difficult. The Big East defending NCAA tournament champions here, this conference, and look at the teams they got. They had Marquette, who UConn beat by 28 this weekend. Marquette second in the conference. Creighton's third at 11 and 5. Marquette 10 and 4. UConn, I said 14 and 2. You got Seton Hall, 10 and 5. Then you get down to Providence, Villanova. Xavier Butler, St. John's, Georgetown. Georgetown 1 and 13, DePaul 0 and 14. Boy, the bottom of the Big East. DePaul and Georgetown used to be some pretty solid programs. Crazy how there's just turnaround. I think it's coaching, who knows? But in the end, I'd say UConn, Marquette, Creighton are all definitely going to be in the tournament. Seton Hall, possibly, probably needs to win a few more games. They're on the bubble. UConn's going to be a big pick, big pick for people. I'll say Creighton goes farther in the tournament than UConn does. That's the wrap. That's the preview on today, Big East. We'll talk about the SEC probably some tomorrow because my team, Tennessee, I mentioned to people over the last couple weeks, Tennessee is who I'm saying you want to be on the, you know, um, on the betting bandwagon. With their 10 and 3 in the SEC, the SEC is the best athletes. I mean, watching Creighton last night and just like, okay, they're good, but the athleticism, it's not there compared to the way that these SEC teams are. And I'm talking like all the SEC teams are athletic. But Tennessee is one where they got the Ziegler guy at the point guard position. He had 10 points last night. Uh, Dalton Connect, who's their NBA prospect, people say he's going to be the number one player drafted out of college. I totally agree with that. This dude is superstar level material, I think. You watch me, he just knows how to play the game of basketball. If I was going to say who, who he reminds me of, I'd say a little bit of Larry Bird. He's 6'6", 204 pounds. He's a senior. Might sound crazy, blasphemous even to say, you know, he reminds me of Larry Bird. I just watch this guy, I'm like, he's smart, dude. He knows how to get open. He's cagey. With, with the basketball, he can pass. He knows how to rebound his timing. He just looks like a really smart basketball player to me. And if I was in the NBA, I'd be praying that I'd get this guy onto my team because that's the type of player who actually even gets better when they go to the pros because of how smart he is. Spacing and all that stuff. And he can jump through the roof too. 6'6", but he can jump and rebound. That's my pick. Tennessee, because we got a superstar and we got a point guard, Ziegler, who um, just is a dog on defense. He's only 5'9", 171 pounds, so again, a small player. But he will pick you up full court and all the way down the court, turn you. And you're not getting by him because he's faster than you. 
He averages 11 points a game, 5.5 assists a game, 42% from the field. He's not a great shooter or nothing like that. Last night he was, what, 2 for 4 from 3. Scores 10 points, 3 for 9. But that's what you want out of your point guard. Tennessee takes down Missouri. Not a great team. In fact, Missouri winless in the conference? They were 0-13. I'm here bragging about Tennessee getting another win. They only won 72-67. I think that betting line was like 12 points or something. Maybe it was less than that. And so I'm sure a lot of people took Tennessee to win that game. Well, they win the game, but they don't cover the points. Missouri does. 0-13. Tennessee not jacked up for that game. Not at all. I mean, looking at the schedule, or the, I'll look at the schedule for Tennessee in a second. We'll just kind of break down more of them and why I like them so much. But the SEC conference, let's look at this. Alabama, 10-2, and lead in the conference. Same as last year, right? Even though they lost Brandon Miller, Alabama comes right back. That was a solid squad. They, they, they were a good team last year. I haven't watched them enough this year to see, but I know they got athleticism. You got Tennessee in the number two position in the SEC, 10-3. and Then it goes down South Carolina. Auburn's 9-4. Bruce Pearl coaching up that Auburn team, right? They looked pretty good to me the other day. Florida, Kentucky, 8-4. So you're getting at least six teams to the tournament out of the SEC. And I'm just telling you, Kentucky is in sixth place at 8-4 in that conference. If you watch them, that's a team that is turning things up. And the Calipari has done this many times in the past. With like the freshmen, the new guys they get in, he works them a certain way, gets them playing their best ball come tournament time. I would not be surprised to see Kentucky in the Final Four. That's why when I look at the SEC, I'm just like, wait a minute, Tennessee I know is good. Kentucky is, is big time on the improvement, and they have athleticism. If they compete on defense, they are going to be extremely tough to beat. I watch Auburn play. They're athletic as heck. Texas A&M, even LSU who's 5-7 and seven in conference, this is the conference right here. I'm all in on the SEC. I know the Pac-12 has got some good good, you know, high rankings out there. We'll look at that another day, but Tennessee's my team. I'm looking at the SEC. Let's see what games come on here over the next day or two. I'll start to watch a few more and focus on the SEC, give some updates on Alabama and South Carolina. I don't know much about them. Florida? Know nothing about Florida. I do know about the Bruins, though. And our Boston Bruins are heading out on the road. In fact, they're already there to take on tonight. Edmonton. Edmonton, let's look at the standings. Up to date, Western Conference. Edmonton is 33 wins, 18 losses. But they won. That was the team that won 16 games in a row. Edmonton had won 16 in the row, and then the All-Star break hit. The first game out of the All-Star break, they lose to Las Vegas. The Knights, who are your defending champion, who were like, I'm going to put an end to that winning streak, thank you very much. Edmonton's won their last couple. They're going to be up for the Bruins, aren't they? I think the Bruins took them down not too long ago. Yeah, we did. We beat, we beat, oh no, that was Vancouver, I'm sorry. So the Bruins, off of the heels here of their win the other day, the shootout victory that we discussed at length on yesterday's show, nine rounds in the shootout. And I know Thomas Polk, who is our resident NHL expert, former NHL player, has uh, said 
um, word for word, well, there's no shootouts in the playoffs. <laughs> He'll be glad for that because the Bruins just, from a talent perspective, I don't know what it is, but our shootout production is not good. I mean, we just hit two out of nine the other day to win. Thank goodness Dallas only could muster one out of nine because Jeremy Swayman was fantastic. Well, we know in Bruins country here that this is a big road trip. We got six out of seven coming up starting tonight. We're at Edmonton, at Calgary tomorrow, at Vancouver on Saturday. Monday at Seattle. Come home against Vegas, the defending champions. Then you're going at New York Islanders, at Toronto. Six out of seven on the road. After the All-Star break, we opened up with seven at home. And you know the players were like, well, we're in first place. Most points in the league. we got seven games at home. Ah, let's relax. Let's take a breath. And what happens when you do that in professional sports? You start losing. They lost two out of seven, but... Sorry, they lost five out of seven. But one of the games we won was this last one against Dallas, and that's one that builds camaraderie. The Bruins are up for a big effort tonight. Write this down, everybody. You're going to the betting windows. Boston Bruins take down Edmonton tonight. We'll dig a little bit deeper here when we come back on the Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. on Edmonton tonight at Edmonton starts at 10 o'clock why should you want to stay up that late to watch this game because it's not going to get over till 1230 or so what's the reason why I would tell you from a selling perspective you get to watch the most talented guy in the league Connor McDavid number 97 center Number one pick in the 2015 draft. It's going back whatever it is, eight years, nine years now. Number one player pick overall. Had a ton of buzz coming into the league. I remember that much. I do remember this. A lot of the other stats I got to check out and see um, before I can reveal them to you here now. As I did during the commercial break, I checked and looked. Regular points, uh, season, regular season points scored. This year he's third in the league. With 83 points, that's goals plus assists, 83 points. You got Nathan McKinnon, the second, with 92. He's on Colorado. First is Nikita Kucherov, 94. Connor McDavid, third. Now, last year, he was first. 153 points he had. The next closest was Leandre Sadi. Also on Edmonton with 128. Connor McDavid had 153 points last year. His teammate, 128. Pasternak was third with 113. So McDavid had 64 goals. Pasternak last year had 61. Wow, what a season by Pasternak. Regular season the year before. As I click through the stats, Connor McDavid leads the league again in points. 123. Second was a guy by the name of Johnny Goudreau. 
115 points. So that's who we're playing tonight. Is the most talented guy in the league, a number one pick, led the NHL in points scoring the last two years, currently third. We have not played Edmonton. I was incorrect. That was Vancouver we beat up on a couple weeks ago. We've not played Edmonton. We play them on the road tonight. Then we play them at home on March 5th, so just a few weeks. But this, again, this is the team. They got off to a bad start this year. I think Thomas had mentioned that they fired their coach at some point. I didn't even look at that. Told you. I didn't get enough time to prepare. Spent time watching other movies and stuff with my wife last night. Love you, hon. <laughs> Tonight we got to go get Edmonton. Okay? The challenge is in front of you, Bruins. And I remember back when we won the Stanley Cup, there was a road trip in the second half of that season where we went out west and we dominated. We won, I think, every game on the road trip, and we just set the tone. And that's what I think we're looking at for this team this year. It's like right now, you got your bearings. After the All-Star break, we, we... Managed to find this great victory against Dallas. We have roughly 25 more games to go in the season. Well, six of them are coming up here, six out of seven. We got 77 points scored in the Eastern Conference. That's good enough, tied for second. It's 56 games played. Florida's in first place with 78. Florida's the team that took us out last year. Did home ice advantage matter? I don't know. But Florida's won six in a row here. While the Bruins have been losing, so now they've taken over first place in the conference. Second, Bruins have 77, and the New York Rangers have 77. Well, the New York Rangers have won eight in a row. So these two teams have been flying high, smashing. The Bruins have been getting crushed. And now we got to go on the road for six out of seven, and most people will be like, oh, no, this is trending in the wrong direction. I'm here to tell you. I, total confidence. Total confidence for this road trip, and total confidence in the game tonight. Why? Because it's like batting down the hatches, rally the troops. What did Chris Berman used to say about the Buffalo Bills? I forget, but it's time. This is where winning season starts in the NHL, especially from the Bruins' point of view. When you go out on the road, it's like, hey, we're going out as a team to the western part of the U.S., Forget the families. Forget everything on that's going on with the personal stuff out here. Let's go play hockey. Three games in four nights. You got one day to rest after you're playing uh, Edmonton tonight, Calgary tomorrow. Rest up. Then you got to play Vancouver? Come on. Boston Bruins. You're playing some, some of the best out there in the West. And this is our time. You're feeling hot after that victory against Dallas. I'm still jacked up about that. That was so much fun to watch that. I mean, it was like ripping your your heart out when you're seeing Bruins just meager, horrible attempts on the shootout side of things. Like, guys, come in with some energy. Just going too slow. Stonewall, Stonewall, Stonewall. That goalie for Dallas is awesome. But Swayman did it right back to their guys on the other end. And it just kept me like on the edge of my seat. Come on. Come on. And finally you break through. And you could see the whole team react. Swayman, everybody was all jacked up. They're going to carry that out on the road, people. I'm telling you right now. This is going to happen. I'm a big fan of the Bruins tonight. 
I don't even know what the betting odds are. Should we look? Should we see? Who's favorite in this game, do you think, tonight? It's the Bruins and Edmonton. What's the line? Has to be Edmonton. Right? They gotta be, they gotta be favored. And they are. Minus 135 on the money line is what I'm seeing. So with the Bruins. What are you getting here? Oh no, I'm sorry. It's minus 140 Edmonton on the money line. So the Bruins are getting plus 120. Plus money. I'm gonna say. Let's bet a hundred bucks on the Bruins tonight. <laughs> Out of that account. The account that we have up and running. There's a one hundred dollar balance in there on DraftKings because of the money I left in there after Damian Lillard hit hit those bomb threes to win the MVP. Got paid plus twelve hundred. Took that other other money out, leaving a hundred in. Let's put it on the Bruins. I'm staying up to watch the game tonight. I will report back. My wife will be asleep, and I'll be able to watch whatever TV shows I want to. Well, I want to watch the Bruins play Edmonton tonight. Edmonton's 33-15-1. Boy, they've only tied one time? Can that even be possible? Wow. Crazy, because the Bruins, 33-12-11. 11 times. Edmonton has only gone into overtime one time. Can that be possible? I have to look at that. How could that be? Why would the Bruins? Because we just don't score as much. Edmonton must ju- just score a ton and maybe have lesser defense, so they just play wider uh, scoring games disparity-wise. Who'll be in, go- in goal tonight? It's going to be Linus Elmark, right? Swayman, great game the other day, baby. Way to set the tone now for the trip, Swayman. You were our guy coming in the All-Star break, and then you lost two, two games in a row. Was it even three? Yeah, it was three. Then you get the team settled, man. And now Linus Elmark going to be back in net. You know he's going to want to come through. Carry it on. He's excited to play. Hey, that team just had that energy in our last game at home. I can't wait to get between the pipes tonight. Bruins coming up with a big effort. I hopefully will be coming up with a big effort with ideas on who to interview here on the Sports Machine with Slim. I've noticed the last few days here, not too many callers. And uh, that makes doing a show a little bit more difficult. For those people that are listening, uh, hey, you must like the sound of my voice, and I try to keep things creative. I will say, we need to find more listeners. So if you and your you know, entourage or the group of folks that you hang out with, maybe pass the word. Hey, have you heard this sports talk radio show out of New Hampshire? 10 to 11 every day, but you can hear it on demand. You can hear it later in the day. Just go to nhtalkradio.com. It'll be up there. Boom, click. There's not even any commercials. Then come right up. You don't have to load an app. Share the, share the word out there, please, if you don't mind, people. I've got some interview space here for targets. We did a little bit of activity. I want to interview Wick Roseback. He's, he's my number one, actually. Even though Caitlin Clark occupies the true number one position for folks that I would be delighted to interview on the show, Wick Roseback, I just think I can get him. I, get, I think I can get Wick on the, the air. I'm such a huge Celtics fan. He'll hear it in my voice. He'll see it. He'll hear it in my emails. How about that? As I'm prospecting, the sound and the intensity for which my Celtics fandom uh, will ring through, it'll be noticeable via email. That's how much of a Celtics fan I am, and I cannot wait till playoff time comes, baby. The Celtics, we're starting towards it. I mean, the, the second half of the season for the Celts kicks off tomorrow. Already played 55 games. 
So what do we got? 27 left? Something like that? Well, we're getting the second half of the season kickstarted tomorrow at Chicago and then Saturday at the Knicks. The New York Knicks, who people starting to like in the NBA. Let's do a little NBA discussion when we come back from the break here. This is the Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio. New Hampshire's Next Generation Sports Talk Radio Show. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. I was reading through some stuff here. We were on commercial. Barstool Sports. Near the top of their articles. Has a a video post. I haven't seen it yet. But quote unquote here, a Twitter post. Wow. We have received footage of UConn coach Dan Hurley telling a Creighton student, I will knock you out. (laughs) I guess he was walking through the, the stadium or whatever after the game. <laughs> Fans must have been saying something to him. Wow, imagine him saying that. I'm going to have to get video of, of this and audio to play on the show tomorrow. That's pretty big. I didn't see that on ESPN yet. But just not a good look, right? You can't be saying that. What are you talking about, dude? These fans, you know they're going to be out of control and do and say crazy things. Can't respond. Got to block that stuff out. I'll tell you what, I was trying to block out yesterday the price of food at fast food places here. Um, And it's the second time in a week, and I'll tell you, I almost never eat fast food. I'll I'll order pizza out with my family maybe once every couple weeks. Besides that, I mean, I never frequent or go really at all. Maybe twice a year to a place like McDonald's. Wendy's maybe once a year, once every two years. Well, I went once the other day. I went, I think, on Monday and got a number one, which is a, you know, a hamburger with french fries and a drink. How much do you think? Number one, so whatever, sizable hamburger, hamburger they call it, classic, whatever. Um, how much do you think for that? I'm pretty sure it was $12 and like 60 cents, including tax. And I was like, $12.60? What? Twelve sixty. That seems expensive, but whatever. Pay it. It tasted tasted fine. Tasted as good as I could have hoped for. Well, yesterday I was out in downtown Concord here, talking to some businesses, and I decided to stop in the subway because I'm like I'm hungry. It's right here. All right, I'll get a sandwich. I got a twelve inch turkey on white and a bag of sun chips. How much do you think it cost? 12-inch turkey on white. I didn't even get any mustard. Bag of sun chips. $16 and change. I said right to the person, I, 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 how is this happening? Well, how are people going to be able to pay for that? I'm going to tell you how. They're not. 
People are acquiring and accruing debt at an alarming rate. And I know it's not a sports talk thing, but you can't be going to a subway and be charged $16 and change for a 12-inch sub and a bag of chips. I didn't even get a drink. Maybe it would have been less if I had gotten a drink. Maybe there would have been some special deal and the person didn't even tell me. <laughs> oh, it would have only been $11.12 if you had just gotten a drink, too. Well, whoa, why didn't you tell me, dude? <laughs> that, that is very possible in this day and age, I'll say that. But I, I, I'm likely. Can you imagine? $16 and change. How are we going to do it? Runaway inflation, people. That's why you should buy Bitcoin. And assorted other coins that I've suggested starting back in uh, November when I was first on these airwaves and Bitcoin was 24000 and today it's 50000 and change. And I uh, told you exactly why that was going to happen. I am a little bit concerned about a price drop coming up here. I will say that. I think the ETFs are all buying up tons of Bitcoin, but the open uh, interest as far as leveraged trades and futures trades... There's a lot of people betting it's going to go up. And when you get all those people all betting it's going to go up, it doesn't take as much to drop it. The price, I mean. And you could see, boy, they've tried to do it a couple times. And they did over the weekend. They tried to. They dropped it by uh, about 1000 bucks one day. I think it was Saturday. And, boy, it recovered. And I was looking at that like, wow, that hasn't happened. I've been following Bitcoin for seven-plus years. And on the weekends, when they send it down, it keeps going down. But not this time. But I think the ATFs might be ETFs might be running out of uh, ammunition to keep buying. Once those coffers are filled, or whatever the right terminology is here, I think we're going to see a substantial drop. Then they'll start rising up again after the halving comes in April. That's my Bitcoin topic for the day. Raphael Devers wanted to share uh, his thoughts on the the Red Sox team. Why not? Let's 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 do this. Let's read a little bit. I don't want to spend a ton of time on. The Red Sox, just because, quite honestly, I don't think they deserve it. I think we, we, I followed them so much for like 80-some-odd years of pain and suffering. Bill Buckner, sorry. And then, boom, we experienced some success, and now the owner has us mixed in with like the ownership of other groups where he owns the, the soccer team, the New England Revolution, right? Doesn't he own part of the Pittsburgh Penguins, John Henry, whatever this group they got? Well, meanwhile, Rafael Devers is looking for help from the front office of the Boston Red Sox. This is directly from ESPN. With the Sox ramping up at the start of spring training, Devers made it clear Tuesday that he felt the franchise should have done more to improve the roster over the winter. You think, quote-unquote, they need to make an adjustment to help us players to be in a better position to win, he said to an interpreter. Everybody in this organization wants to win. Does John Henry really, though? Um, We, as players, want to win. I think they need to make an adjustment to help us win. I'm not saying that the team is not okay right now, but they need to be conscious of what are the weaknesses and what we need. (laughs) He's got, what, a $313 million contract that starts up this year or maybe started up last year. I don't know, 10 years, $313 million. So they paid him. He goes back to saying here, quote-unquote, everybody knows what we need. You know what we need, and they know what we need. It's just that there are some things that I can't say out loud. But everybody knows the organization and knows the game, knows what we need. 
starting pitching, and better players. I mean, you can't be coming out and just trashing the guys on your team. Raphael Devers, he's, you know, you're going to be classier than that. I've always thought he's a pretty good guy based on what I see on the field. I like him. I'm a big fan, actually, of him. If I was going to keep one of the three guys between Xander Bogarts, Mookie Betts, and Raphael Devers, it'd be Devers. He would have been the guy. Now, looking back, hey, history might show that I'd be wrong because Mookie Betts is pretty obviously still one of the very best players in baseball. He's definitely better than Devers. And he's won. Won a title for the Dodgers here. So maybe, you know, I'd be wrong with this, but I like Devers. He's the guy I would have hitched my wagon to as well. But the Red Sox, they hitched their wagon to him, but now they're not doing anything. I mean, they did sign Lucas Giolito to a contract, two years, $38.5 million. But he's had a ton of potential with the White Sox and just hasn't come through, right? I think he had a couple of good stretches with, you know, multiple starts, putting together like, you know, zero, one run, something like that. Type of guy you want to have in your fantasy baseball lineup when he throws the good starts. But he's had too many bad ones mixed in. Inconsistent, I would say, is the right word for Lucas Giolito. Well, here he comes, the, the Red Sox. Okay, and we also got Tyler O'Neill, who was with St. Louis Cardinals. They picked him up, I think, like off the, the scrap heap. And he went on a nice run for me, actually, on my fantasy team a couple of years ago, Tyler O'Neill. But last year or two, he'd been not good. Those are your moves? I mean, you got rid of Chris Sale, good. It was time to turn the page from him, that's fine. And um, you got rid of Alex Verdugo, who I kind of liked, but, I mean, he wasn't going to help us win a title. But all you do is just bring in Giolito and Tyler O'Neill? Infielder Vaughn Grissom in trades. That was from Atlanta, right? That was part of the deal with getting sale over there. Vaughn Grissom, I think, has some potential, but you can't be excited as a Red Sox fan. What the heck? What the heck is going on around here? Raphael Devers, I don't blame you. In fact, I would be a lot more vocal than this. You're going to tell me, I mean, I'd be vocal like I am at $16 plus for a sub and a bag of chips. Subway. Unacceptable. How's this happening? I'm just like, I'm not going, I can't do it anymore. I'm not, I mean, just, just, I won't feel good about myself. That means if there were two people there, hey, let's go get a sub. It's $35 for two people to go get a sub? Somebody said the other day, two, two, two people went... To, to one of the fast food restaurants and she goes yeah it was $38 for the bill $38 for fast food we need to rebel I'll lead a strike on this <laughs> we can't be we can't be having these prices are just totally out of control I guess you just have to not go which is fine by me I mean the food's you know it is what it is but the price of things just going off the off the rails what are we going to do? You know what? I mean, if you wanted to get treated to a free lunch at one of these places, you could call up with that as a suggestion for what to do for our listening audience out of the thousand I'm putting in out of the winnings from the Damian Lillard MVP. You could write that in as a suggestion. Email the station or call 603-224-1450. You can call that number tomorrow. I'll take it into consideration. In fact, if somebody calls in and requests that, I think I'm highly likely to grant that request with one-tenth of our winnings 
$100 can go to a listener to buy fast food with. That's what I'm bringing to you today on the Sports Machine with Slim, New Hampshire's Next Generation Sports Talk Radio on WKXL. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. You've been listening to NHTalkRadio.com.